Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We're glad to have you. This is um, Travis and Stephanie. I forgot our names for a second. It's a great way to start. (laughs) We're glad to have you back. Um, If you're listening for the first time, we typically do remember our names, but, you know, no promises. Uh, We are a ministry um, or part of a ministry from Grace Church Family Ministries, and we are really excited to be in um, a podcast series with you all called Swimming in the Deep End. And boy, we are kind of flying through these weeks um, of Reengage, our marriage ministry, and we're kind of recapping each week here on the podcast. And I feel like, babe, when we started this, it was 16 weeks, and mm-hmm. that felt like we're going to be in this class for all of eternity. Yeah. And now we've blinked, and we're like, we just finished week seven. Yeah. Kind of crazy. We're halfway. We are. Yeah, it's been um, really uh, moved quite quite quickly through these weeks, but um, without a doubt, it's been impactful. As each week is built upon the next, um, I think, you know, for a lot of people, I've noticed just... Uh, a willingness to engage in small group, a lot more conversation and laughter. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's almost yep. like the walls are coming down. People feel more comfortable. It, trust is being built because relationships are being established. And so it's neat to see that development. And uh, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who uh, could testify to that. But thankful yeah. for, for re-engage. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun. And um, I think a lot of people who maybe weren't quite sure what they expected coming into it, mm-hmm. I hope have been pleasantly surprised um, that this is not uh, maybe anything like what they thought it would be, and, and, and it's hopefully been so much more. Yeah. Um, and so grateful. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, really, been really cool. I think it's you know reminded me of um, the communal part of our faith. Mm-hmm. And that we are to be in community with one another as believers. And that's part of our sanctification is being around one another. Yeah. And, you know, as iron sharpens iron, we're to spur one another on. And um, there's just so many analogies in the Bible where the point is made like, don't do this. Don't try to do this alone. Yeah. Um, God has built the church and it's his idea and we're part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, we need each other. And I think in particular... In marriage, um, for sure in parenting, yeah. <laughs> but yep. just in life, it's not easy. The culture we live in is not easy. It's not. And probably every generation can say that. Yeah. You know, it's different um, and sort of increasing in maybe difficulty or, um, I don't know, just the the influences around us. So it's not like I'm saying we're the only generation that's had it rough, but right. there's an attack on the family in particular. Yes. And so I think there's something about that's been so sweet for this class experience um, to be to sit with couples and to sit with our small group every week mm-hmm. and to really cheer one another on. Yes. We all want the same thing, which is a strong Christ honoring marriage. Yeah. And yet we can be in different places and different seasons of our life. Sometimes marriage is great. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a struggle. Yeah, And the same can be said of parenting. The same can be said for any relationship. Yes. There are ebbs and flows, right? Yes. And so I think I love, I've just been reminded, like you said, as the laughter has picked up over the weeks and um, just the familiarity, I think it's been really sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that's so true that, that marriage is, is at one point awesome and uh, it's also hard work. Yeah. It is what, as I heard one pastor say, it's a glorious burning joy, and it's also blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, I think a lot of people, too, as you were talking, made me think that the community of God's people coming together, that's unique with re because it's married couples who get to hang out with one another, 
um, has really met a felt need, I think, in a lot of people, not just married people, but because of COVID, yeah. a lot of people have experienced unprecedented amount of loneliness yep. and anxiety and separation from, from community. Yeah. And so I think um, a lot of people have been so grateful to be able to you know, find that community and be engaged with others mm-hmm. and really just, you know, have a safe place to work on your marriage and not have to do that uh, alone. Yeah. But know that there's other people rooting you on and cheering for you and praying for you and encouraging you. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really good. It has. And so, you know, we recognize that maybe not all of our listeners are a part of reengage, and that's okay. Um, but we also hope that even, you know, season of life i don't know where you're at with um gathering again it may be still something that you aren't ready to do yet um we do hope that this podcast even gives you a little sense of community Hmm. even as you tune in with us and just kind of keep a pulse on what's happening um we hope that we can encourage you and that we can spur you on and that the lord will do that through us not because we have great things to share but um, the other thing that I have been so awed at from him is how um, when you're connected to the body of Christ, it's amazing the layering of truth that the Spirit will do. Mm-hmm. And so even last week, you know, we, we spent the last two weeks in our podcast on forgiveness. Yeah, My mom shared her story and we got some great feedback and so really thankful for how the Lord used that for so many of our listeners, um, like he did it for us and Mm -hmm. our family. But what's been just incredible is, so we spent two weeks in forgiveness in Mm reengage. We talked about it on the podcast. Last week we had a, um, Rob Reno, Dr. Rob Reno (laughs) from Visionary Family Ministry Mm -hmm. spoke at Grace and we had no idea what he was going to speak on, but he literally spoke on forgiveness and healing family relationships through yeah. forgiveness, the exact yep. topic we talked about in Reengage. Yeah. In our Bible study, we're studying Philemon, which is forgiveness, gospel forgiveness. And so there's just something so sweet about when we plug into the body of Christ, Yeah, and, and you cannot control this, you can't manipulate this, but the Lord will use all different voices. Uh, he'll use the word repeatedly to drive home themes. Mm. And I have just felt the theme of forgiveness so mm-hmm. powerfully. And it has set up even this picture of the world right now. We are so lacking in forgiveness yeah. for one another. Yeah. And then I feel like, so I, I just see that great chasm where what God God is calling us to is so radical yeah. and it is so countercultural. So, it is so needed. Mm-hmm. And as the the body of Christ is the people of God, we can offer this to the world. We can demonstrate this yep. and we can do it in all kinds of ways. But anyway, I just, um, I just kind of stepped back a little bit and thanked him for that because it is neat when you sense just a repeated theme in your life that the Lord is bringing to light. And for sure, I think this season at Grace, um, forgiveness has just been a big theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. You know, so much of our culture right now is like cancel culture yes. and you're just written off yes. and, and banished. There is no room for forgiveness or grace. And and so I think these themes have been so important for so many people who have been hurt, yep. um, not only in the relationships they have at uh, at home, but maybe even beyond the home, they've been hurt for uh, you know various reasons. Maybe it's been on uh, social media. I, I don't know. And so I think forgiveness plays just a really critical piece for everyone, yeah. um, marriage, marriage obviously included in that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been really a, a neat run, and I'm so thankful that we could be a part of it. And uh, this past Sunday, we got to touch on the topic of commitment. Yeah. And so I think with just our you know time together tonight, we want to share about what it looks like uh, to be committed in, in marriage, but the only way we can know what true commitment looks like is by looking at how God handles uh, the relationship he has with us. Yep. Um, and a summation, really, of the, of the ministry of Christ can be clearly seen 
in what Charles Dickens said was the greatest short story ever written, and that is a story of the prodigal in Luke 15. And in that story, we see so much about the commitment of a father for a wayward son that Mm -hmm. is remarkable and such a powerful reminder of his commitment for us when we went astray and rebelled against God. And so I think it would be neat just to, we don't have to read the whole story, but just maybe even pick out a couple of, of, of verses from this amazing picture of God's love for us. And I think just right off the bat, you know, it says there in Luke fifteen eleven, Jesus telling the story, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey to a distant country. And there he squandered his estate hmm. with loose living. Yeah. I think about that opening lines, babe. What, what comes to your mind when you think about this father and the actions and words of this son? Well, you know, it's interesting. You, you see him um, really kind of demanding of his father yeah, to give him his share of the estate. And, you know, culturally that would have been done like upon the passing of the father. Right. Right. Like that wasn't something that you necessarily received when you wanted it. Yeah. It, it came in time and, you know, according to God's sovereignty and all that. So I think right off the bat, you know, you just see this this attitude of kind of entitlement yeah. from the son. Yeah. Um, and, and independence, like he wanted to do life for himself. And it's like the father was an obstacle yeah. to living out the, the freedom he wanted. And in, in, in order to do that, you know, it's like I got to get dad out of the way. Um, and it's, it's sad because it's almost like he's communicating to his father, I wish you were dead. Right, truly, because that's how he would have gotten that wealth. Right. And yeah, that's exactly what he's communicating. And it is interesting that the father doesn't really um, say no. Right. You know, he gives in to him. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Jewish audience would have been absolutely appalled that the father would have given uh, the son uh, what what he demanded. In order to do that, you know, it's not like he doesn't go to the bank with an ATM and draws out money. Right. In order to get that kind of cash, you know, if we want to call it cash in modern day terms, to his son, he would have had to liquidate part of his land. Hmm. And we know that the land is important to yeah. the Jewish nation because it was a gift from God. Right. And so, again, it just adds layer upon layer of how astonishing. Um, the reaction of the father is completely unexpected to the Jewish audience who was hearing it. They would have, according to uh, the law, would have had a, uh, you know, an opportunity in that moment based on the rebellion of the son to stone the son to hmm. death. Hmm. And so right off the bat, you see um, the father operating not according to this world, not according to the pattern of it, and how they would have expected that relationship to have been dealt with. Yeah. And a sacrifice <clears throat> of the father. Yeah. You see that it cost him something. Dearly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, he really would have been looked down upon in the community um, for the way he handled that situation. Uh, astonishing and shocking. I mean, we talk about, like, shock and awe. <laughs> right. The story is full of shock and awe. And I think that's where sometimes we have to put ourselves in, in the shoes of, of, of a first century Jew yeah. and hearing the story and how it would have come across and how it would have been, uh, you know, how it impacted people. Yeah. And, and you know, predictably, the son takes all of that wealth, mm-hmm. takes off for, you know, his grand plan. Yep. I can't help but always think of the veggie tale representation of, <laughs> of this story right. <laughs> but he takes off and um squanders it yeah wastes it spends it yeah just there you have it that yeah. life's inheritance gone yeah 
And that's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that is essentially uh, the meaning of prodigal. We think prodigal means runaway. Hmm. It doesn't. It means reckless or wasteful. Oh, interesting. And so we, of course, we look at what the younger brother does here, and it is wasteful, without a doubt. Right. On loose living, as the older brother would point out, on prostitutes. Yeah. But someone else is reckless with how they spend, not their money, but how they spend their love. Yeah. And that would be the father. See, the, the story is not about the younger brother, older brother. The story is actually about the father. The father's mentioned 12 times. And so a lot of times we think and we make it <laughs> about these two boys and it's really not the focus is, is on the father and how he responds and how he treats both of these boys hmm. with grace and compassion and incredible amount of just unquenchable love yeah. for them. Yeah, and he is, you know, a picture, right? Mm-hmm. Of God. Yeah. And so this story beautifully illustrates how God has loved us. Mm-hmm. And when we broke God's heart yep. and we went away into a distant country doing our thing. Yep. Thinking we know best. Thinking we know best. And then and, and thinking that, you know, life apart from God would somehow equal freedom. Right. And we know very quickly that, you know, the money runs out. Yeah. So the friends... And all of a sudden, this guy hits rock bottom, and uh, and he's got nothing, and nobody's given him anything, mm-hmm. and he literally has to, in order to find work and food, he's like working on a farm with pigs, which to obviously a Jew, right? Uh, the pig was considered unclean, defiled, and so here here he is, literally a picture of being unclean and defiled in every way, yeah, um, longing to. F- feed himself with the pods that the pigs were, were feeding themselves upon. And, um, and it's like, as one pastor said, when you're flat on your back, your face is finally pointing in the right direction. Yeah. And this is where you have such a change in, in the story. But I think before we get there, it's interesting too, we talk about the father loving this son who rebelled against him. And he loved him when the son asked for the money. He loved him when he was still gone into a distant country. He loved him when he was on the way back. And and it's neat to see that the hand of God and the movement of God to bring about, uh, you know, this home, bring back this uh, wayward son home. Yeah. I mean, who created the famine that created the, the desolation in this, 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 this boy's life? Yeah. That brought him to his knees and created a memory of like when he had it actually good in life. <laughs> like like God was doing that. Mm-hmm. God brought about the famine. Yep. But it wasn't to pay him back. It was to bring him back. Yeah. It's all about the father wanting to be restored in this relationship with his son. Yeah. Which is absolutely astounding and beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the the most beautiful kind of the crux of this story is in verse 20. Mm-hmm. When the son gets up and went to his father, and this is what's so beautiful. Um, but while he was still a long way off, that means the son, yeah. his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, yeah. threw his arms around him and kissed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a million things in that one verse, right? Yeah. I mean, the fact that he saw him far off, why would he see him? I mean, he was looking. He was looking. Right? Day after day. And when he saw him, it was he was immediately filled with compassion. Yeah. Um, and he had every reason to be filled with anger, mm-hmm. um, bitterness, yeah. resentment. I mean, it, there's so many appropriate things he could have judgment yeah you know like he'd been wronged he'd been dishonored he'd been really um abused shamed yeah i mean he like we said it cost him Mm -hmm. dearly for his son to make this choice and these mistakes and yet it says he's filled with compassion yeah and then i i just love the picture of he ran to his son yeah 
again, in a Jewish culture, that wouldn't, you know, that's not how the head of the family no. would have behaved. That would have been shameful for him to, to show his knees. And he would have had right. to do that because the robe is long and he would have had to hike up the right. end of his robe to be able to run. And you just, you know, the father of the household just didn't do that. No. Um, I mean, it's like he lost his mind Yeah. when he saw his wayward son from a distance and, and just bolted and, and ran to embrace him. And I think, you know... There's a lot of times in life where you see somebody do something almost crazy or like out of body experience because yeah. they're just so overcome overcome with emotion of joy, mm-hmm. the thrill of victory like we see in sports. I'll never forget the heart attack pack NC State 19, I think it was 1984 when they won the national championship, complete underdogs. And uh and when they won on a, a shot that was an air ball and the guy grabbed it and dunked it in before the buzzer sounded. Jimmy Valvano, the coach, like ran out of the court like a crazy man, <laughs> just wildly flinging his arms and just just absolute picture of joy and excitement. And I think what we get here, a brief glimpse of the joy and excitement that the Father has for us when he sees us coming home. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the emotion the Father has towards us, one of compassion and joy, thrilled to see his son, whom he hadn't seen in a long time, but had been waiting and watching. Yeah. Yeah, and also, you know, as you said before, of course he's rejoicing because the son has come home, but we still see him loving his son even. Yeah. At the beginning of the story, like yep. you said earlier, you know, even when the, the son was making terrible choices, yep. the father was loving him. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you know, of course, we know God was behind the story as well, providentially allowing things to happen and, and to draw him back like the famine. Yep. That was love. Uh-huh. And the reason that, that we see this is because that's who God is. Yep. He's a covenant keeping he's a covenant making covenant keeping god yeah and he has set his love upon us not ever because we deserved it yeah or we proved it or we earned it um but because that's just who he is yeah and so as we you know kind of tie this together the reason we're looking at this story is because in our lesson this week we, we set up kind of a new um a new truth a new principle uh, for the next couple weeks here, we we looked at extending grace and forgiveness the last two mm. weeks, mm-hmm. and now we're talking about nurturing truth yeah. in relationships, and, and what we talked about this week was commitment. Yes. And kind of the main idea of the lesson is that God's covenantal love provides an example yeah. of the way that we are to love our spouse. Yes. Uh, marriage is a commitment, not a contract. Right. And this story illustrates... Just, you know, and we didn't even really get through the whole crux of the story, but Mm -hmm. it just beautifully illustrates the kind of love that God has. Because the kind of love that the Father shows is the love that God has. Yeah. And it's different than how we, as humans, try to love one another. Right. Or what we default to in love. Yeah. Yeah, I think we love more in a contractual way, right? I do something for you and I expect something in return. Right. That's how we kind of operate. That's our M.O. And that's really was the mindset of this younger brother when he came home. Because remember what he said, father, make me as one of your hired men. What's he thinking? I've got to pay off a debt. Yeah. I owe you. I've squandered all this money of yours. The only way I can restore this relationship is I've got to work for it. I got to start doing some stuff. I got to put some sweat equity in this, and I'll spend the rest of my life trying to pay this off. But I owe you. I owe a debt. He owed a debt he couldn't pay. Mm-hmm. The father paid that debt, right? We 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 don't know where. Like all of a sudden, it's like, well, what happened to the debt? Well, the father absorbed it. Yeah. He he paid he paid the debt. Yeah. Um. And and, and in return. The, the son gets the robe, the, the best robe of the home, which would have been the father's. He gets the ring put on his finger, which would have been uh, uh, signified a complete restoration, reinstatement as a son. Mm-hmm. And then sandals on the feet represented wealth. 
uh, servants didn't wear sandals that you know the sons wore sandals um and so here you have this incredible moment where you know he's wearing the father's best robe he's got the ring on he's a, he's a son you don't have to you don't have to work for it and 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 the sandals of of all the father has is 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 given to this boy mm-hmm. incredible incredible picture of god's love and uh and the gift that he gives us um that we don't actually and can't work for it it's a gift of his grace and 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 that's a picture of the relationship that the father has with us yes and so therefore the the picture of kind of love yeah that we are to demonstrate and um choose with one another yep. especially in a marriage covenant yes right mm-hmm. um and you you said that exactly it's it's not a contract that we mm-hmm. enter in with one another and yet that's very much how our culture looks at marriage um it's very much how we i think in just our natural state operate yep is this, you know, tit for tat kind of situation where yeah. you do this and I do this in return and vice versa. And if you don't, then I'm out and, you know, you break your end of the deal and now it's fair game. And um, that is not at all how God sent hmm. marriage up. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I loved this quote from our um, lesson. It said, commitment is a daily reminding yourself of God's commitment to you. Yeah. And that your spouse is a gift from God. Mm. And what I love about that is um, the daily part. Yes. Because I think, you know, the thing is, and we talked about this even in our small group, we can know in our heads and even in our hearts that we want to love our spouse Mm -hmm. with a covenant love. Yeah. And we want that. And yet, even when that's our desire... We still actually, if we would maybe analyze, do a post game mm-hmm. <laughs> of our behavior, mm-hmm. even though we want the covenant, we often operate like it's a contract. Yeah. And I think one of the differences is you have to really make daily decisions yeah. to uphold commitment. Right. And it, what's interesting is, you know, sometimes in, in life, like when a tragedy happens let's say Hmm. let's say one of us has a diagnosis we didn't see coming yeah or um i don't know just something major we lose a house or whatever yeah we may rally in that moment and kind of look each other and i like no no i'm committed to you Mm -hmm. right sometimes that that kind of commitment almost like it's almost uh like our adrenaline is pumping and and we rally for it yeah but I think what maybe is even harder mm-hmm. is in the normal, mundane, daily living, Yeah, all the tiny choices that we face all day long that we sort of leave to like an autopilot existence if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. And so they gave us, like, I thought this was a really helpful list, um, what commitment kind of looks like. Yep. And here's just a few things that that they threw out in in our lesson that were really good. Externally, commitment looks like never mentioning divorce. Mm -hmm. That's a little tiny decision. Yeah. But it's actually extremely impactful to just take that vocabulary out of your mouth. Yeah. And in the heat of a moment, you may be very tempted to like throw that on the table. Yeah. But that's not what commitment's about. Mm -hmm. We don't make threats. Um, commitment looks like making plans together for the future. Right. Like looking ahead and not saying things that would hurt or damage the long-term view of your marriage, mm-hmm. which really is self-control, Yeah. right? Of your tongue and your reactions and kind of playing for the long game, not just in the, the heat of the battle. Yeah. Um, it looks like not becoming close friends or flirting with someone of the opposite sex mm-hmm. or reconnecting with old romantic interests or getting your emotional needs met from somebody other than your spouse. You know, so we live in the day of social media. Mm-hmm. Those things may not have been super easy in the old days, maybe, yeah. unless you live next to the person that you used to date or something. But today, I mean, it doesn't take very much to track down anybody. Yeah. That's a daily decision. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many things. Um, it also looks like continuing to reiterate to your spouse that you love them. Yeah. And you plan to be married to them until one of you dies. Yeah. I mean, there are so many opportunities that we face daily that test our commitment, but also that prove our commitment. And, um, you know, of course we can probably come up with lots of ways that our spouse wrongs us mm-hmm. <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally. Right. We're human. Right. Two sinners living under the same roof. Um, there's always going to be problems as a result of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a covenantal love, an unconditional love like God has extended to us is what we are to extend to our spouse. Yeah. And again, we're never talking about like, you know, if a boundary has been crossed and there's abuse or there's some sort of physical harm, we're never saying, well, covenant love, you just, you know, over, yeah, we're not saying that at all. Um, Your, your physical safety is always your mental safety or, you know, yeah. um, All of that is definitely, is crucial. We don't sacrifice that as a loving spouse would never ask that of us anyway. Right. Um, so we get help if we need it, mm-hmm. but we make choices all day long where we choose our spouse and we choose to stay committed, to stay in this marriage, mm-hmm. or we choose to sort of let it slide one little decision yeah. at a time. Yeah. And those doors get kicked open and it creates opportunity for the enemy mm-hmm. who would love nothing more than to see a marriage crumble. Yeah. One little decision at a time. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important to see it. If we think about spiritual warfare, um, an open door is, is to the enemy an opportunity for him to get a foothold yep. in, in your life and in your marriage, which is interesting. Cause you think about like in Genesis two, there's a wedding. God presides over the very first wedding ever brings together Adam and Eve and the two shall become one, what God has brought together, let no man separate. In Genesis 3, you have a war yeah, where the enemy tries to separate that which God brought together. First and foremost, our relationship with him, but then also the relationship Adam and Eve had with one another. Yeah, He tries to bring a wedge yep. through sin, right? Yep. And create a moment where he's trying to destroy the good gift God had given Something that illustrates the relationship that we have with God. Yeah. A groom and a bride. And so I think marriage is worth fighting for. And that's why when we talk about commitment, we're talking about things that our culture would dismiss. But yet commitment is something that's biblical and something that we have to, as you said, Steph, daily choose to do this. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we can daily choose to be committed is as we daily remind ourselves of the commitment God made yep. towards us. Yep. And so, yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> yeah, and renewing ourselves in the word, mm-hmm. right? Letting it wash o- over us. Yeah. Um, I think as I, you know, as we did this lesson this week and I was just kind of pondering this idea of contract versus commitment, I was even really convicted... Um, in my parenting, yeah, how often I, as a parent, I mean, I, I hate to admit this, but here I am admitting it. Hmm. I tend to treat my kids, especially when it comes to like discipline um, or accountability. I'm probably showing them more of a contractual love than a committed love. Yeah, um, you know, it's just very easy as a, I think a parent to you better live up to this end of your, of the deal here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you do, I'll reward you. And if you don't, well, right. then, you know, there's a, a consequence coming your way. And, right. you know, of course there's a healthy balance in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're talking about a parent child relationship, which is different than a husband wife relationship. And yet the way though, that I get corrected myself in that is to turn my focus toward the Lord. Yeah. And specifically Back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. How has he loved me? Well, if he has not loved me that way, why do I think that I should show love to my kids that way? And it's, again, not that I want to show that love 
contractually to them. I don't want them to feel that. Mm. But I think when I get lazy in my parenting, yep. that's what's that's what comes out. Right. And or, when I, I forget to renew my mind, yeah. right, in truth, right. Um, yeah. then that's what comes out. Totally. We let our guard down. We get lazy not only in our parenting but in our, our marriage or in our relationships with other people. Yeah. And, uh, and all of a sudden we can start operating uh, according to the flesh and we can start being very much living by contract instead of uh, by covenant. Yep. And, um, and I think, again, this is where that's that daily reminder. And I think that's why scripture, as you look at like various passages in the New Testament, especially in Second Peter, where Peter's writing this, saying, I write this to remind you to stir up your heart and mind. Yeah. to remember first and foremost the gospel because we have such a tendency as fallen human beings to latch on to the bad to operate according to the old man right instead of operating according to who we are now in Christ the yeah. new position we have in Christ and the new heart we've been given in Christ in mind and so um, daily we have to remind ourselves who we are in Jesus. Yep. That that identity we have in Christ informs our activity for Christ. And I think we have to do that the same in, in marriage. Remember who I am so that I operate and I live in such a way that my activity reflects my identity. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what's so beautiful is that when we choose to commit Mm-hmm. In all the little ways, we begin to build habits. Mm-hmm. Um, we begin to build up, or God builds up, um, a foundation. Yeah. In our marriage. Yep. And so, therefore, when the disaster strikes, when the diagnosis comes, or the trouble comes from left field, mm-hmm. it is easier to not be shaken. Because you have this history that God has built this history of proving to one another that you're in it yeah, and that you're not going anywhere and that you're willing to stick it out and that you're not rattled. Um, I think that's a beautiful thing that he does. And, you know, he also moves us into just a deeper intimacy with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we, you know, there's, re- there's reward, there's blessing that comes from our obedience and yeah. so when we love like he loves, it changes us. It changes everything around us. It, it infects kind of the people around us and our homes and our marriages. And so, you know, again, that's not because we're so great. That's because he's so great and he can do anything mm-hmm. through us and in us. And he changes us from the inside out. Yeah. So it's true lasting change. It's a new heart, like yep. you said. It's the new man, not the old man. Um, so it's not just a surface, you know, we're going to act better for the next day or so. Yeah. It's a real internal thing that mm-hmm. he's working out in us. And so... Um, so true. Yeah. And I think as we, um, you know, kind of wrap up tonight, I had a couple thoughts. One... Um, a great challenge to those of you who, if you are married and you're not part of reengage, um, one thing that we did this past week that was really helpful is we have to renew our mind first and foremost in the scriptures. But I think we have to also remember, like with the promises that we've made to our spouse. And a great way to remember that is to go back and take a walk down memory lane to your wedding day yeah. and the commitment you made before God. And witnesses and the promises you verbalized to your spouse for better or worse, or richer and poorer, sickness and health, right? Till death do us part. And these promises we make in the moment when we got married is like we were deer, you know, deer in a headlight stare. And I think that's why we have to go back and it's great to look at pictures, it's great to look at wedding videos to remind ourselves this is the commitment we made to one another. And so if you're out there listening, go down memory lane with your spouse. Yeah. Remember the good, the goodness of God and how he gave you one another. And that is a great gift of God, a spouse. Yeah. And so I think that's been really helpful for us. And I think 
everyone who's been a part of Reengage did the homework this past week would say has been very beneficial mm-hmm. to remember and to look back and reflect. Yeah, and even, you know, with I would say if you're not married or that doesn't, you know, you don't have a wedding album to look mm-hmm. back on or right. um, if you're a parent, I, I even think looking back on the years before kids yep. or even the journey um, of the gift that they are and that how God gave them to you and the circumstances of your life when you found out you were going to be a parent. I mean, there is something so special about looking back mm-hmm. um, because we see the hand of God in a way that maybe at the time we did not see. Right. And so I think, you know, even when I've struggled with a, a, a child in a season where it just feels hard, mm-hmm. it's amazing how all it takes is like... Look at a baby picture. Yes, a picture of them either as yeah. a baby or right now when they're like in their bed asleep. Sleep. <laughs> There's just something about that that <laughs> melts your defenses a little bit. And you just, that, that I don't know, affection for them is stirred Yeah. in the remembering. And so I do think that's um, really beneficial. And plus it's fun to just look back and, and see like your hairstyle you know, 15 years ago or <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all the things that you're like, wow, I have, I have changed. The I before have before and aged. after. Yes. Uh-huh. I also love, there was a thing um, in our lesson this week about a question of just examining, are there doors that are still open or unlocked in your marriage? Yeah. And, you know, that was, that was convicting to think like, are there, mm-hmm. <laughs> are there some, some things? And I think there probably are in every marriage. Yeah. Um, and, and doors that, you know, you want shut, but again, those little choices make a difference. Things like staying too busy, Mm -hmm. being distracted, um, you know, that they aren't necessarily sinful things, but if you're not careful, it, it can consume you Yes, and it can drain your time for one another and it can overwhelm you with all these other things. And then there's not much left for the two of you. Um, there's just so many ways that, you know, we have to be careful and intentional yeah. with our time and, and our relationships with one another um, so that, as you said, the devil does not get a foothold. Right. Because if he does get a foothold, it, it doesn't take long for him to fully invade Yeah. and disaster to strike. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is easy to become so busy and so consumed with a lot of things going on in life. Um, that we neglect to tend to our own garden, mm-hmm. you know, of our marriages and, mm-hmm. and relationships with our kids. And um, and I think of one pastor said, in our world today, with the way we have devices and technology and the internet and social mm-hmm. media, so we have weapons of mass distraction. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. And so I think part of that, striving for me is is to try to remove distractions to 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 be reminded of that which is of the utmost importance Mm -hmm. a relationship with jesus and a relationship with our significant others Mm -hmm. in our lives yeah i love you know as we had um rob reno speak at grace the last two weeks Mm -hmm. i always love when he shares his his own personal journey and his own testimony about getting to a place after I think he said 10 years of youth ministry or whatever, he was a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And the Lord convicted him of, wow, you are praying with all these other kids. You are pursuing spiritual conversations with other people's kids. You are Mm -hmm. leading other children toward the Lord. But what are you doing at home? Yeah. And he, you know, just talks about how that was a huge turning point Mm -hmm. where God had to show him that, yeah, your ministry, your job, it's important, of course, but it is not more important to what I have called you to with your wife and your kids. Mm. And I think, you know, that is a temptation for every family. Yeah. All the things outside the world has to offer that... Of course they pull us, and they're not always bad things. Yeah. But when they pull us from one another, when they first of all pull us from the Lord, and then also from one another, that stuff has to go. Mm-hmm. It's got to either go or it's got to be put in its place. Um, and so I think, you know, even in our marriage, 
we have to be really careful. And I say this as somebody who, you know, you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of ministry opportunities as well. We can be very busy yeah. for the Lord. Yeah. And we can be very busy even serving other people. Yeah. And yet the two of us have to be really intentional mm-hmm. about serving one another, about worship yeah. together and in our home and in our marriage. And so, you know, again, we I feel like we say this every week, but in no way are we, Travis and Stephanie, saying that we are masters at this. Right. We are equally convicted in this area. Yeah. And I just think, you know, that that's why something like this, you know, a class or a small group or just being in the word and in fellowship with Mm -hmm. one another, the Lord uses those things to just like little check engine lights in our heart Totally. to go, wait a minute, don't neglect that. Yeah. And this week, you know, this was just a great reminder and this commitment, like don't neglect the little things. The little things become big things Mm -hmm. when you neglect them. Right. Don't neglect the major commitments you've made in life for the minor things that ultimately just don't matter, honestly. And yet when we make all the little commitments for one another, Mm -hmm. it really does lead to something so much bigger and better. Yeah. As our marriage, we grow closer to the Lord, we grow closer to one another. That's right. It's awesome. Well, I I think hopefully this has been an encouragement for you if, if you've been listening um, and I, I think it's always a great reminder, too, um, that we're committed to marriages. We're committed to children in, in our lives uh, because of the commitment Christ made to us to come all the way <laughs> from heaven to earth. What kind of king leaves his throne to make himself nothing of no reputation, as it says in Philippians 2? And we become obedient even to obedience with going to a cross and dying in our place and for mm-hmm. our sins, to rise again on the third day to give his life uh, in Christ and to, again, continually show us how much he's committed to us um, because that was a serious commitment. That wasn't just a commitment he made uh, verbally, but with his life he yeah. gave yeah. for us at Calvary. So I hope this has been uplifting for you. and. Um, We'd love to to close out here in prayer, Mm -hmm. but uh, thank you for stopping by the Family Huddle and listening to this podcast as we continue to dive deep in these things uh, of of the Lord uh, with these topics that we're learning each week and and re-engage. For those who are married, parents, and even those who are single, uh, Mm -hmm. I think this offers something for everybody. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for tonight. Grateful for your love for us and Lord, I'm, I'm just kind of burdened for those people who might be listening who f- maybe feel like they're at a distance from God tonight hmm. for whatever reason. I'm reminded of the prodigal story. And while he was still a long way off, mm-hmm. the father saw him, loved him, and ran to him. Mm-hmm. Always reminded God is waiting and watching with open arms mm-hmm. to receive us home. And so, Father, for those who are at a distance from you tonight, may they see the love of the Father for them. A love that comes after us. A love that pursues us all the way to a wooden cross to die for us. Mm-hmm. It's that commitment that rescues our hearts from going down a path of operating in the flesh and in a contractual way. And by His grace and by His Spirit, that we would love as Christ first loved us. That you give us a power, an enablement through the Holy Spirit to love the, other, the others in our lives, whether it be a spouse or it be a child or it be a friend, with Christ-like love, a love that's sacrificial. Mm-hmm. And we just pray that you would help all of us because none of us have arrived. We're still a work in progress. And, and so, Father, we want to continue to strive. And would you help all of us tonight Mm -hmm. by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ for your glory and for our good. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. We hope that you have been encouraged and we are always grateful for your feedback and the interaction that you give us um, on the podcast. We do encourage you 
to um, subscribe wherever you get your podcast so that you can have an alert every time we have a new episode. Um, that makes it easier for you and hopefully um, helps you stay on track with us as well. So we hope that you have a great week and we will be back next time. We're going to be talking about truth. Yeah. Another principle that um, we see <laughs> very lacking yeah. in our world. Not Very hard to know what is true That's these right. days. So we're going to look at God's word. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us, and we will see you next time on The Family Huddle. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. And that is a wrap on another episode of The Family Huddle podcast. Thank you so much for joining us um, and for taking a little bit of time out of your day to listen, hopefully glean some things, learn some things. I felt like this episode, um, all of our episodes have lots of, you know, gospel truth and practical things. But this episode especially kind of struck me in terms of the practical. It's easy to talk about big concepts and gospel concepts, but to think through how they actually touch down in our own lives and our own homes and relationships. I felt like that list and those things that Stephanie talked through and Travis talked through about, let's actually take a look at what are the things that we're doing, making time for, and then are there small, slight adjustments that we can make to really let our spouse know, our kids know, the other people in our lives know we really are committed. So we don't just say it, but we can look over the choices we're making and how we're spending our time and really see evidence of, yes, these are the commitments that I've made and I'm sticking to it. So I hope you were as encouraged as I was. And again, as always, go ahead and you know listen back through it if you want. Pass it along to a friend, a family member. Please, 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 uh, if you are able to, take time to leave us a positive review. Apple Podcasts is the best place to do that. But however you're able to do that on the streaming service you use, we really do appreciate it. And again, it just makes it easier to find us in the myriad of podcasts and resources that are out there. We hope this is one that you find helpful and encouraging and would like to pass along. So thank you again, and we will see you soon.